This episode of The Morning Skate is brought to you by Let the Kids Play Fund. Let the Kids Play is a nonprofit organization that raises money for kids in need to help play hockey and afford equipment. We all know season fees can run thousands of dollars, let alone $200, $600, and $700 skates. Let the Kids Play wants to help families who are struggling get their kids on the ice worry-free. Founded by two brothers who were raised by a single mother, they saw how rough it could be for their mom to afford hockey fees and dues. Some families try their best but still can't cough up thousands of dollars every year for fees and gear. That's why they started their own charity, with a pretty cool purpose, to get the kids on the ice who wouldn't be able to play otherwise. You can head on over to LetTheKidsPlayFun.com, where they will have an online store selling apparel and accepting donations. 100% of the proceeds go to the kids. That's right, 100% of it. They don't make a single penny from this. So for more information on the fun, upcoming events like their charity hockey tournament, and so much more, visit LetTheKidsPlayFun.com. That's LetTheKidsPlayFun.com. You'll lose 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to Schultz. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Sunday, February 25th, uh, Ken and Haller here. Exciting times as the deadline's heating up. Uh, we're going to break down a couple trades that have already happened, uh, what's been going on in the NHL. We have Twitter questions and voicemails. Um, what else we got? Don Moore's zeros and zeros and three stars. Hal, how's it going, bud? It's good, man. Life's good. NHL trade deadline. Uh, do you like the deadline better, or do you like free agent frenzy better? Uh, I think personally... I think it's a good question. Personally, I think I like free agent frenzy, just yes. because, like... It's the middle of summer. Yeah, so there's middle of summer, so like you finally have something to talk about. You just crank the also, air conditioner. Like, the stakes are li- usually a little bit like lower. Like once in a blue moon, your team overpays for a guy, and you're kind of like, yeah. But for the majority of the time, you end up signing some guy who ends up like on the waiver wire like three weeks into. Yeah, like uh, I don't know. I feel like the last trade deadlines really haven't been all that sweet. I mean, last year who was it? it was just like Shattenkirk was like the big name out there. And free agent frenzy, dude, it's summertime, you crank the AC, you order some chicken wings, you make sure you get July 1st off from work, and you just take a personal day, and you just you pretend to be an insider, which is something that I just wanted to say. Uh, probably about a week ago, um, if you guys follow us on Twitter, at Morning underscore Skate, I correctly predicted that Rick Nash would be traded by the New York Rangers, so breaking news out here. Um, but we're going to get right into it, NHL in the news. Yeah, what a hot take you had there. Ted the Insider. Yeah, nailed it. So credit, credit, morning skate. Uh, NHL in the news. Let's go. Okay. So before we get into the whole trade deadline thing that we got going on, uh, we're just gonna talk about the Olympics really quick because they're finally fucking over. Um, I think we'll start with the women. Uh, so I got home from hockey the other night and I wanted to go to gym in the morning. And I just turned on the game really quick and I was like, I'll only watch for five minutes and I go to sleep. And I was, like, captivated watching those those women play. Like, that was a fucking actually really good game. It, was, it seemed like it was really fast. Like, there was emotion. And I don't know if it's because I'm a Rangers fan and I haven't seen them show any emotion this year. So it was actually kind of fun to watch. I uh, went to a shootout. 
the one girl in Canada pulled the fucking Forsberg move, and when she did that, I was like, well, that's fucking over. And then Lamro comes in and does something that you would literally do out of a video game with a fucking, like, leg kick, backhand, forehand, and the goalie just fell over. Um, did you get a chance to watch that game? I did not. I'm, like, uh, I'm shocked. It's good for the game that, like, so many people watched and so many people cared, like, in a weird sense. Like I feel so many people watched, and especially for a game that, like, didn't end until, like, fucking 3 o'clock in the morning. That's my point, dude, and that's what I was going to get to. I'm, like, shocked so many people watched because... Uh, it was like a Thursday night, I think. It was Wednesday or Thursday night, whatever night the game was. And, like, I knew if I watched that game, like, I would want to kill myself when I woke up at 7 o'clock <laughs> yeah. and go to work. Like, there wasn't, a, there wasn't a thought in my mind that was, like, I'm going to stay up and watch this in its entirety. And I didn't. And I missed out. But, like, I, I was legitimately shocked at how many people really did stay up to watch that. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah, uh, Cooner and I were texting the entire time. I think I may have – I think I uh, FaceTimed him. But his uh, his old lady was sleeping, so we got to FaceTime. So we just started like texting and shit. It was it was I it was a pretty fucking good game, honestly, man. And I think it's pretty good for uh, for women's hockey. Uh, last week I said I wasn't a big USA women's hockey fan. After that game, I'm I'm a USA women's hockey fan. So that's what I have for that. Think of the what do you think of the Deke the shootout goal? I thought you know people were like. I thought it was a good move, you know, but at the, at, at the same time, yeah, at the same time, like the goalie falling over made that move look way better than what it was. Agree? Yeah, and I'm not even shitting on the girl. My point being is like I couldn't do that. I don't think. I think if I went to my backhand, the puck would have went in the corner. But still, like I played with like fucking club hockey players and and like D three guys that I think could pull off that move. That so, I feel like that's something you learn at like stick handling camp, like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Bring the puck out as far as wide and like kind of bring it across your body and over again. It was like a really solid move, but people were acting like it was like when they saw like Kucherov's like move for the yeah. first time, where he like doesn't even try to shoot and he does shoot. Like very good move, but I bet you that girl has like sicker moves in her bags and tricks. Like, I, I think it wasn't, big... it wasn't like as flashy as people were making it sound. I think it is a very very solid and like nasty move. But, like, let's not act like this was, like, a Datsuki. But, yeah, but you want to know what, dude? Here's another way to look at it. Like, the gold medal is on the line, and you're in a shootout, and you have the balls to try to do something like that. Or not balls, but I think you know what I mean. I think that kind of plays into the move, too. Like, the fact that she actually did that when, you know, she misses, Canada goes in, scores, it's fucking over. Like, that's pretty sick. A hundred percent. I just think that, like, she probably has even sicker moves in her bag. Bag of tricks, if that makes sense. So, yeah. I, unbelievable goal. You're right. Like with the pressure on, very impressive. But like, not the craziest thing I've ever seen. No, I agree with that. I I thought. I mean, I feel bad for that Canadian girl because her move was fucking sick too, and like nobody's even really talking about it. She, she I mean, she pulled off the Forsberg move. As soon as she did that, I thought it was over. I was like, "There's no way we're gonna win this game after that girl just did that." Yeah, I see, dude. You really disproved your point because I have no idea what you're talking about because I didn't watch the game. Yeah, like right before that, the Canadian girl came in and did the Forsberg on the, on the United States goalie. And, and as soon as it happened, I remember looking at the TV just being like, oh, it's a fucking over. Yeah, well, you know what, dude? Gold's gold for USA, Canada. You can suck it. I, uh, it, it like women's hockey, like those are always the two teams that are going to be in it. And they always battle. I mean, Canada normally wins, but it's nice for the, for the U.S. to finally get one. Uh, going over to the men's side... Uh, USA, I mean, maybe you don't make Brian Gianta your fucking captain, dude. And, like, I, I, USA men's, like, Donato had a great showing. 
I think I talked to you about this. Like, if he was a Rangers prospect, I'd be pretty pumped up, but I would want you to, like, settle me down and be like, yeah, he's also playing against, like, really shitty hockey players. Uh, they didn't really do much. Uh, Canada lost to Germany. I think Germany was the biggest story in the men's. That was fucking sweet. Wolfie, uh, Civic Center legend. Uh, Sturm is the coach. Marcel Gotch is the captain. Christian Ehrhoff on the point. Um, and then, yep, Ilya Kovalchuk's doped-up Russian team ended up winning gold. Shocking. Like, duh. Well, did you get to watch any of those games? Uh, I watched a little bit last night of the game. Like, came out hot. Kovalchuk's still a very good hockey player. Yeah, dude, I mean, Germany was a cool story. Like, only Russia could make Germany look like the good guys, like the lovable underdogs. Yeah, right? Like, did we all, did we all forget about World War Two? Like, oh, we fucking love Germany. What? David, uh, David Wolf, though, you're right, dude. He was, like, the... We'll get into him later, right? I, I literally loved watching that guy play when he was at the AHL in Vets Falls. He like, was awesome. He banged bodies, dude. He was just an energy guy. Every, and it wasn't just, like, every once in a while. It was literally every shift he was out there, he was doing the same fucking thing. I thought he was a great player. Yeah, so usually we shit on guys for crying in interviews. I'll give that one a pass. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll talk about that later, right? Isn't that... Is well, that... we're going to move on from that, I think. I, okay. I, I, I do want to just, like, kind of note, like, I don't know, man. Like, is Russia really that pumped up? Like, Datsuk saying he has no more dreams. He's completed all his dreams in life. Ilya Kovalchuk is, like, acting like this is a big deal or he's not even playing the most competitive hockey going on in the world right now. It's, like, it's very Russia that Russia won this tournament. Break, and it breaking news. Count. Breaking news. As of four minutes ago, Ilya Kovalchuk has confirmed his intention to leave the KHL after the season to play in the NHL next year. Oh, great. Here we go. So yeah, right. <laughs> the Ilya Kovalchuk saga heats back up. We're, like, right back at this, dude. Ilya Kovalchuk talk is, like, maybe my least favorite discussion that happens in the NHL. He's a good player, though, dude. Like, he still fucking got it. And I I don't like the fact that he left the NHL, but I, I think if I signed, like, a 15-year-old 15 15 year deal with the Devils when they suck like that, I probably would have done the same thing. But why did he do it, dude? Why did he sign a 15-year deal? You could just The whole thing just doesn't make sense to me, dude. I mean, the NHL will be better now that he's back, but it's like, yeah, I think he's just really riding high off of, like, people, like, uh, talking about him. Like, I feel like it had been so long since, like, he was really cared about, like, in North America and the hockey community, and now that he has that spotlight back on him, he's like, I want back in. Yeah. I don't know, man. Fuck Russia, though. Uh, hot, hot take is... Uh... So the Rangers have this prospect, this goalie prospect, that's supposed to be fucking sick, and he, he was uh, Russia's third-string goalie, so he didn't even play. But I can just, I'm telling you right now, all the Henrik Lundqvist haters are going to be like, let's get Lundqvist out, we have this prospect, and he's got a gold medal too. It's only a matter of time before you start seeing that shit too. These people are so fucking dumb that, Hank, that hate Henrik Lundqvist, it, it drives me crazy, but... Keep an eye out for that when people are like, oh, Pledge Restorski, he's won as much as Henrik Lundqvist has, too. Like, fucking f- get get new material, okay? Like, I'm, I don't want to fucking hear that. Speaking, speaking of new material, dude, Gary Bettman's already come out and said, like, we're probably not going to go to 2022. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're not going to China. It's been, like, 15 minutes, dude, and you're already rubbing this in our face. So we have to talk about it for four more years. Give me, like, a two-year break till I even have to think about this right yeah. now. You're already starting that discussion when it's been, like, a PR nightmare and fucked the NHL. Like, we're already going down that hole. Like, I almost kind of respect it. He's just embracing the villain. <laughs> he is, dude. Like, he is, he is such a rat weasel. Like, 
I, sometimes it gets redundant, just like the amount of shit that guy gets. But like, yeah. he's the worst. Like, just looking at him, it's like I hate this Dude, guy. The, the reaction when he he's gonna get when he hands whoever wins the Stanley Cup this year is going to be fucking laugh out loud funny. I think. Uh, but let's move on. So that that was our Olympic segment. Uh, good for Germany. Fuck the Russians. Uh, trade de- trade. Wow. Trade deadline. We're gonna start right off here. Uh, first things first. Before the deadline even happened, there was a lot of drama going on in Ottawa with Eric Carlson, uh, a center's employee who spoke on a condition of, of uh, you want to be anonymous, claims the relationship between Carlson and Melnick reached a point of no return during a game against St. Louis in January when Melnick found his way into the center's locker room during the second intermission in an attempt to motivate the team after a poor showing. I'm just going to pause it right there. How did this guy think this was a good idea? I don't even have a fucking clue. I don't know. You probably noticed that it's been working for Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys for like the last 10 years, so I figured why might as well give it a oh shot. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, so during that intermission, Melnick grew increasingly frustrated and singled out Carlson, uh, claiming Carlson still owed, Nick, so, still owed Melnick $350 for an Uber ride in New York using the Senator's company credit card. You think you're worth so much when you can't even pay your own Uber fare? Melnick shouted. This prompted Carlson to walk out of the dressing room. The two haven't reportedly spoken since. You know what this sounds like? This sounds like when me, when me and Merb hang out too many times and, like, one of us says something and then the other one just freaks out. I, I honestly think this is my favorite topic that has been brought up on this show this year. This is, like, the my maybe my favorite story of the year. Like, that quote should be hung up on a wall somewhere. That's unbelievable. The owner went into the locker room of his failing team that hates him, the fans hate him. To try to pump him up. <laughs> he's trying to pump him up to get a big win, and he's screaming at their star player, one of the best players in the world. So nasty! Like any organization should be, like so happy to have Eric Carlson. He's yelling at him about a three hundred fifty dollars Uber ride. <laughs> Are you kidding me, dude? I remember. So when we went to San Diego last year, and I remember splurging, and we got like an Uber XL, and like you ended up like slamming the door of the Mercedes Benz when the driver told us that was his one pet peeve. Side note, besides that, but that was like a $30 drive, and I thought I was living in the lap of luxury. A $350 Uber? Like, where is Eric Carlson going on game night? Like, what is he doing? Like, is he going through, is he just riding around the boroughs? Did he just say, like, don't stop, I'll tell you when to stop? Like, unreal move. But, like, getting back to, like, the real point is, like, why is this supposed to motivate him? Uh, why do you care? Like, are you that broke? If you own an NHL team, you're crying about Ubers on the corporate card. Like, figure it out, dude. Yeah. Like, what do you think about this story? Because this is outrageous to me. I think when when any NH, any NHL team goes into the draft and you have a high pick, the one person that you want to pick with that is a player like Eric Carlson, where he's going to be a fucking stud in the league forever, uh, homegrown talent, where you know you're going to sell a bunch of jerseys. He's an elite player. He's the face of your franchise. How the fuck this guy has the audacity to be like, yeah, by the way, you owe me $350 for an Uber ride in the middle of a St. Louis Blues game in the middle of January blows my fucking mind. Like, I don't even know. I feel so bad for Senators fans. Like, they did, like, pretty well last year. And now, it, like, what the fuck is going on there? They just released Adam uh, Alex Burroughs. On waivers, which is, I mean, they traded a fucking great prospect to get this guy. Now he's on waivers, what, probably about a year later? Literally a year later, because they got him out the deadline, right? And he, and he signed a two-year extension when he got there. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, another another point on this, fucking poor Matt Duchesne, 
All that guy wanted to do was go play in the playoffs. He traded to Ottawa, and now Ottawa's probably the worst fucking team in the league. Yeah, I went and touched Matt Duchesne with a 10-foot pole. In no way whatsoever is this his fault. No. But, like, something's going on there, dude. That dude is cursed, like, mm-hmm. straight-up cursed to walk into that organization. I, I I honestly wish, like, this was during 24-7, like, Road to the Winter oh Classic. We got to watch this speech. Oh, my God. Could you imagine Melnick in the middle of the locker room screaming at Carlson about an Uber ride, and they released that on HBO? What the fuck would have happened there? I honestly wish that Chris Neal was still on the Senators because I think he would have gotten up and speared him. He would, yeah, he would have. Yeah, it was just like Goldberg, Goldberg spear. Like, nope. Dude, uh, unbelievable story. Like, uh, top to bottom. Just like, in what world, dude? Did he think he was gonna walk out of there and like the guys were gonna stand up and they'd be like, "Oh, like fuck that three hundred fifty dollar Uber ride." Like, <laughs> Let's show him we care. Do, Let's do you go think, out there and turn this season around. Do you think when he walked out of the locker room, he, he's he's just like nailed it? I don't know, man. If someone doesn't come up with like some t- type of like shirt, like I, we need a screenshot of the Uber ride that Carlson took and then like just put that on a t-shirt. I'd wear that t-shirt. That'd be sick. Um, fuck, man. That's bad. Uh, we're just move on from this fucking Senator saga. Get into a little uh, our teams, Rangers Bruins. So this happened this morning. You FaceTime me at ten thirty. I immediately knew that we traded Rick Nash. Nash goes to the Bees for Lindgren, uh, Spooner, Bolesky, a first round pick, and a seventh round pick. So the fucking Japanese tattoo assholes now a New York Ranger. Uh, we got a pretty good prospect, I think, in Lindgren, from what I've heard. Uh, world, I I love anybody that makes a World Junior team. So like that's fucking sick. Uh, Ryan Spooner, DJ, we've talked. Talked about him before. I bet him and Mika Zabinjad are going to be best friends. I like the first round pick and seventh round picks, dude. You know, I'm a big seventh round pick guy. So I, I think, as, from the Rangers standpoint, as a Rangers standpoint, I think we fucking crushed it. Uh, Bruins standpoint, I don't know what line Spooner was on, but I mean, your first line, you have the best first line in the NHL, and now you're going to have a second line of like, what, DeBrusque, Nash, and Krejci? That's not bad. No. Krejci's probably the best center that Rick Nash has played with in the last, I don't know how many fucking years. Yeah, dude, and that's, so, as a Bruins fan, like, I have, it's a huge mixed bag of emotions for me. The positive is exactly what you just talked about. Uh, I don't think Rick Nash has ever had a center quite like uh, David Krejci. David Krejci thrived when he had Nathan Horton, and when he, he thrived with Jerome McGinley, and he thrived. Power forwards. Although Rick Nash isn't really a power forward, I'm just gonna let you he's know. Not dude, but he's a big guy with yeah. a shot, yeah. and that and that's pretty much that's pretty much what uh, David Krejci needs on his wing. I, I think he's gonna look good, dude. I mean, I know he hasn't been a playoff performer before. I, I think the good news for us is just that he's not our number one option. Like mm-hmm. in, in New York, like. He got shit on, but it was deservingly so because he got paid to be the guy who scored goals. And that's why when people said he's a great penalty killer, it didn't matter because he was paid to score goals. He's no longer paid to score goals like he used to. His salary that we carry is cut in half, and there's arguably the best line in the NHL ahead of him. Like It is a pretty good situation for Rick Nash in that sense. Uh, Looking at like the things that the Bruins gave up, they didn't give up any of our top prospects. We're still loaded. Well, isn't that Lindgren guy kind of a top prospect or not really? Yeah, so that's my thing. Like, I'm not going to be the type of fan that loves a prospect and then when we trade him away, it's like he's a shitty player. He is a good player. Like, I like Ryan Lindgren a lot. Minnesota kid, plays for the Gophers, was like assistant captain on the World Junior team. 
Uh, From what I've read, he's, he's what I've read. He's kind of your player. He's like one of those stay-at-home fucking defensemen that you don't really see anymore. Right, and, and and that's kind of my point is he he can skate and he can play in the current NHL, but he's like a five foot eleven stay-at-home defenseman, and and that's the reality. He is not a bad player at all. I a hundred percent think he'll be an NHL. He throws the body around, but he is something the Bruins can lose because he was probably their third best left-hand defenseman prospect. He is still a very good prospect. Like sucks to see him go. But I'm happy that we didn't trade Donato or DeBrusque or any of the other big names that we have. Like, we held on to the guys I wanted to hold on to, JFK. So that's okay. Ryan Spooner is kind of like a confusing part for me. I, I understand I understand logistically with the cap and all that. We probably weren't going to sign him next year anyway. But it would have been nice to keep him and maybe have him on the third line and then bump Riley Nash down to the fourth. That's kind of like the weird part to me. bolesky has gone, but like the salary's kind of even out. Like we're saving like a million in cap space, so not really that big of a deal. First round picks kind of late. Like I don't know, it's going to be a late first round pick, so I can live with that too. With the amount of prospects we have, it's a good piece, great piece for the Rangers. But from the Bruins' perspective, we already have such a big farm. It's like it's okay, we can lose one first round pick. So I, I mean, dude, back and forth, like. Bruins people are saying the Bruins got fleeced. I don't really think they got fleeced. It kind of addresses a need. I think we gave up a little too much, but it's something I can certainly live with, and it's not like uh, Peter Trelli trade. This is not as bad as anything Peter Trelli ever did. Agree or disagree? Uh, I I thought it was a good deal for both sides. Um, I think the Rangers, I mean, we haven't had a first-round pick in how many years, right? So our prospect pool really hasn't been that great. So we're kind of loading up with that, which we should have had before. Um, I mean, for Rick Nash, he's going to be a free agent. Not like you know what I mean. Like we're not making the playoffs, so get as much as you can. I think they got a lot for him. Yeah. And if I'm a Bruins fan, you guys are arguably one of the best teams in the NHL, and you add Rick Nash to that team. Who, yeah, he may not have put up points in the playoffs, but at least he has experience there. Um, playing on a line with DeBrusque and and uh, and Krejci, that'll do only wonders for that DeBrusque kid. Um, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. The wow. worst trade that you guys have made so far is Nick Holden for a third round pick. That's way worse than this Rick Nash deal. Here's the thing, though, dude. Like. Going back, like, we have the farm with the third-round pick. It's not the third-round pick that I was really upset about. Like, we have depth. It was a depth move. It's crazy. They traded a third-round pick to have a seventh defenseman or eighth because McQuaid's up there, too, now. Like, we're loaded in that. So, if we have injuries, there's no issues. Or if Grizzly doesn't perform. But O'Gara's going to be a good player, I think, too. Um, he kind of has a little bit of Mark Stahl in him, the way he plays. But at the same time, he's very oh, smart. Yeah. So, he's kind of a wash, but he'll be a good player. What I really wanted to touch on is Matt Pileski. I know you hate Matt Pileski. Oh, yeah, I, I hope he plays for the Rangers. I, I hope they bring I, him up. I really hope they give him a chance right off the bat because you guys don't have much going for you this season. Exactly. I know you can get some young, young guys in there, but that guy is going to be, like, hungry like the wolf. Yeah, I uh, agree with that. I, I completely agree with that. I hate his stupid fucking tattoo, but I think I think a new fresh fucking thing of scenery on a team that really isn't doing that well, I think you add him to the lineup, I mean – yeah, he may not be putting up points and shit, but like the style of player that he is is something the Rangers have desperately needed for yeah. ever. So, he is, since his leg injury, he can't skate as fast. But I think the fact that he's no longer a three point nine five million dollar player yep. is gonna people are gonna say he his value is worth his contract on this team. So I would be pumped yeah. about that yeah. moving forward. That's a great piece to have for kids when they're coming up to have a guy like Matt Pileski who is willing to ride the buses in the AHL to get back in the NHL. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. So, uh, I thought I thought Riley Nash was your Nash, but apparently not. Uh, they both are. I, I am so over the uh, jersey jokes because usually like you do like the first initial, but their first two initials are both I. Yeah, so what are they going to do? 
I don't know, dude, but I'm fucking over it. I hope I don't have to hear about it ever again. <laughs> I have no idea, but, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, another trade. This is the Penguins, the Golden Knights, and, uh, fuck, Ottawa, right? Did I get that right? Yeah, Ottawa. This yeah. is probably the most complex trade of all time. This is, like, trade inception. I have no idea. I So, we have a page, and I copy-pasted the trade, Ken. I can't wait to hear you read this, because I'm probably still going to get <laughs> All right, so if you're following along, the first trade, Penguins received Derek Broussard, big game brass, uh, Senators' first-round pick. Oh, wait, Senators get a first-round pick. Ian Cole, an intriguing goalie prospect, Philip Gustafson, who's supposed to be pretty good. Uh, the deal was rejected by the NHL for improper use of salary retention, so it's back to the drawing board for everyone involved. The second and actual trade is Penguins receive Derek Broussard. Senators get a first-round pick, Ian Cole, and that prospect. That did not change. But the Penguins also acquired a 2018 third-round draft pick and prospect forward Vincent Dunn from the Senators, and they also get prospect forward Tobias Lindbergh from the Golden Knights. Vegas receives Ryan Reeves and a 2018 fourth-rounder from the Penguins and also retain 40% of Broussard's salary. So, I think Vegas got involved here. I saw something that was said something along these lines. So, <coughs> the Winnipeg Jets were heavily involved for Derek Broussard. And when the Penguins went to get him and it didn't go through, I think, I mean, because Vegas doesn't really gain anything out of this. I mean, they get Ryan Reeves, which, I mean, could help in the playoffs, whatever. But I think Vegas did this to essentially block any sort of trade to the Winnipeg Jets. I think it was, we would ra- much rather play Derek Broussard in the fourth round of the playoffs than the first two. Yeah, I, I think that's part of it. And I think the other part, too, dude, if you think about it, like they're not going to be up at the salary cap for a few years anyway. Mm-hmm. And you get Ryan Reeves in a fourth-round pick. So, one, you take a team in, in your conference and you make them worse than they would have been. And then, two, you gain a nail gun and you get like a couple extra picks. Like, good move by Vegas. Very smart. I think Ryan Reeves will only help that team. He seems like a huge locker room guy. Uh I, I, I kinda like this better than them going out and getting like some like talented guy who's like not really like well known. I, I was okay with it. I think it took some balls. If I was Winnipeg I'd probably be a little bit pissed off. What do you think about uh I mean the Senators get a ton of actual like pieces, like they get a first, that's good. So I mean the Senators did a good job. I don't think anyone can really argue with what the Senators got back. My yeah. question is Derek Broussard on the Penguins. Uh we're both Broussard fans, I think. I mean I always like Broussard's game. What do you got on Derek Broussard? Make, uh, makes that team pretty deep, dude. Um, my only issue with it is I don't really think Derek Broussard's a third-line center in a sense where I think he's more of a first two, top two line where you know he's an offensively gifted player. I don't know how well he's going to play on that third line, but at the same time, that's way better than what they had before. And they're a fucking deep team. It's not like he's going to be playing with scrubs. He'll probably be, play, be playing with like Haglin and Kessel. So it's not like... It's essentially you have you have two second lines instead of having fucking whatever. Or honestly, it's like almost they have fucking three first lines. This is yeah, dude. This like there. That's the thing is I went through the same thing as you. It's like eh, is he really a bottom six guy? Doesn't matter, dude. Like this dude is better than Nick Benino, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Well, depending on what role you are, if you want like a third down shut down other team line, I'd probably have Benino. But I would much rather have three first lines. Your, your third pairing defenseman and, like, your third or fourth line in the playoffs are going to be going up against Broussard and Kessel. Yeah. That's Good an point. issue. Like, that, that is such an issue. Like, sucks, dude. Like, Penguins Penguins might win another Stanley Cup. It yeah. Sucks. They, uh, that GM is fucking awesome. Yeah. He, he sees I what mean, he wants he, and he does it. 
every time the Penguins make a deal, I'm like, how do they have that much fucking salary cap? If you look at the names on their team, dude, it, it seems like they'd have like a hundred million dollar fucking cap hit. Yeah, dude, I, I know it's pretty strange, and I think like I don't know, man. They have they have a crazy system down there. It's continually working. Eventually, it's not going to work. Maybe this is finally the trade that doesn't work. Like they're due for something to fail. You, I just don't think Derek Broussard is the type of guy who's going to go to the Penguins and fail. I think Derek Broussard is the type of guy that wants to win a Stanley He's a Cup. big fucking game player, dude. He played great for the Rangers. I mean, not that great for Ottawa, just because it's Ottawa. But I, I mean. He'll, he'll be good. I mean, you're going to have Derek Broussard on your second power play unit. A guy can rip. That's not bad. Sick trade. Yeah. Um, and then the last trade that we're going to talk about, Tomas, uh, starter, turtleneck, where Placanic and Kyle Bond goes to Toronto for Kirby Reichel, uh, the, I don't know his last name, Valiv, Valiv, and a second rounder. I mean... I can't really talk about the trade because I just hate Placanic so much that wherever he goes, it's like you lost the trade. But I guess it's good for the Maple Leafs. Like he's older, he's got leadership. I think he was a captain of the Czech team, dude. Like I, I'm sorry, cousin Eddie, but I kind of give two shits about Tomas Placanic, dude. My initial thought as a Bruins fan was like, yes, Placanic's got traded. I don't have to see his face anymore. And then I was like, wait a minute, I'm gonna have to see Thomas Placanic in the first round against the Leafs. Like this is gonna be fucking terrible. I am so sick of this guy. Get him out of that division, for God's sake. Like, I don't know, man. Like, is that really going to make Toronto better? Like, I, so I went to the Bruins-Leafs earlier, like, a couple weeks ago. Bruins had a good game, pulled out the win. Watched them last night, Bruins-Leafs. Like, Leafs beat the Bruins. Like, the Leafs are, are a fast team. Like, I, I just don't see mechanics, like, really making that great of an improvement. And you gave up a second-round pick. Yeah, I, I understand the theory, like, oh, Panix has been there, like, he's an older guy. Like, no, he's not. Like, he's been the assistant captain in Montreal for, like, ten years with first-round exits and a turtleneck to his name. Like, give me a break. Yeah. I don't know, man. It, it could work out for Toronto, though. I could be totally off base. They're a young team. If anything, it adds, like, an older guy to help hold the locker room together. But I, if I was in his locker room, I'd be like, who the fuck is this guy? So... <sighs> Yeah, that's all I got on mechanics. Yeah, I kind of like I I went from like being so excited about that Prasar trade and being like, wow, that's a great NHL deal, and then like mechanics came back and like both of us like we just kind of like went downhill. Yeah, that's just like a, that's like a classic trade deadline trade where like the other trades are like, oh, this is cool. But all right, so that's what we got on NHL in the news this week. We are now going to take it to the Patty B hotline. Patty B, take it away, bud. Hey guys, this is the Pat Valentine hotline. Brought to you by the Morning Skate. Thanks, Pat. Shocking, we have one voicemail this week from Patty B, but if you guys want to start leaving voicemails, call us in at the Patty B hotline at 518-309-2595. That is 518-309-2595. I kind of hope, hope that some people do actually send us voicemails, but we don't play them and we only play Patty B's. <laughs> we'll figure <laughs> it out. So this is what he had to say. Yo, hey, it's Patty B. All right, I got a question for you. Do you think the tank works, or do you believe in it? And do you believe in it? Because um, right now the Sabres suck. Going to games is miserable and sad. And they're right now tanking for one of the first picks in the draft. Do you think it'll work or not? All right, later, guys. Bye. All right, so first off, Patty, the Sabres aren't tanking. They're just a very, very bad hockey team. So that's first off. Let's not get that confused. They're not purposely trying to be shitty. They're, they are just shitty. Um, 
I don't know how I feel about tanking, because normally if my team was good, I would say, oh, tanking's a fucking easy way out, but because the Rangers are so bad now, I want them to lose every game until the last game of the year so we can get Dolan. Uh, I can go either way. I mean, it all it all depends on the draft. You could Last year's draft was, it was like Nico Heischer and Nolan Patrick, and like they're good players, but they're not like franchise-type players. If you if you tank in a year where you get a franchise type player, that makes a lot more sense. Uh, what do you have on that? Yeah, dude. I mean, I think tanking is kind of weird because I think people act like tanking is like this new like craze in sports. Like it's been going on forever. Like teams have been bad on purpose to get good players. Like since the beginning of time. Like I think it just got thrown that like tagline of tanking, and now people hate it. I think it's necessary sometimes for your team, like. You never want your team to tank, and like in theory, you want your team to be a well-oiled machine that can either rebuild on the fly or doesn't need to rebuild at all. They just move assets and continue. But that's not the reality. Like it's not always going to work out like that. And if your team's in that place where it's like uh, we're not doing well, we have a bunch of guys we can move, then you need to do it. Like that—that that is what gets you to move on in the NHL. So I, I'm for tanking. I think the Sabers. I mean, it's always the Sabres, and they're run terribly, so I don't know, like, if this is really going to help them out this much, but you got to hope if you're a Sabres fan. Like, Eichel, I, I still think Eichel's an unbelievable player. It sucks when he gets injured. Like, he he is such a good hockey player. Ristolainen, I secretly like. He's mm-hmm. a dick finish guy. And I think if you add Dolan to that, it's a really good start. And they have Casey Middlestack coming, too. Start. What's that? They have Casey Middlestack coming, too. Yeah, so you get an, if you get one more top five pick, I think it would be hard for the Sabres to continue to suck the way they are. And as much as I hate the Buffalo Sabres, when they're good, their fans are fucking, I mean, it's kind of cool to see. Because, like, Buffalo does really have passionate fans, and they're just kind of waiting for one of their franchises to actually do something. Um, I don't know. I think it all depends on who you get, but... Thanks for, the, thanks for the question, Pat. If you guys want to call in again, it's 518-309-2595. What do you have, Hal? That was, like, the nicest we've ever been to Buffalo on this show. Yeah, a little bit. But Very still, respectful. But still, fuck them. Fuck, fuck uh, and then next, we're going to take our Twitter questions. Drake, sing it. Yeah, trigger fingers turn to Twitter fingers. Oh, I love when he does that. All right, so Twitter questions. we got a couple this week. Uh, first question. What would your what would be your qualifications for a number to be retired for your team? Elias retired from my team, the Devils. I thought he deserved it. Um. Okay, so... What would yours be? I think at the start, I mean, I, it's hard to say because I don't think he'll ever get one. I, like, Henrik Lundqvist should get his jersey retired. But in my head, I think if you don't win a Stanley Cup, there's no reason why you should have your jersey retired. So, I don't know. I, I would say Stanley Cup would be one for me. What about you? Uh, dude, I don't think there should be, like, I, I totally get that, and I actually agree with it to a certain extent. Like, if you were the best player on – oh, you know what, though? Here's the thing. If you're the best player on a bad team for years – like, the fans love you. Like, there is part of that aspect, too. It's not the Hockey Hall of Fame. Like, like I don't think sure. everyone should get their jersey retired, but I think at the same time, I think it should be up to the fans. Like, sometimes you see jersey retirements. Like, Adam's, Adam Graves stuck out. There wasn't a New York Rangers fan there that, like, didn't want that. Like, everyone yeah. was like, I can't wait for Adam Graves to get his jersey retired. Every now and then, though, you see, like, a random dude get retired and, like, the, maybe he played, like, 50 years ago and everyone's like, meh. Like, do I care that much? Tonight, tonight for the Rangers, they're retiring John Rattel's jersey, who was a it's, great. He was a great player, but his jersey should have been retired years ago. But it just takes away that, like that luster. Like that guy, when they retired his jersey, should have been surrounded by people who had yeah. seen him play and were like fans of him. And now it's like how many years later, and 
Like, I'm sure it'll still be, like, a cool ceremony or whatever, but, like, I mean, I got invited to it. I had a free ticket to it, and I was like, nah, I'm, I'm all set, dude. Yeah, I, I just don't, like, uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't get why the fans shouldn't have to say. I feel like it's the same thing with Cavalier. Like, that guy, like, was not the best hockey player in the world, but he meant everything to that fan base, so he 100% deserved his name to be retired. I don't give a fuck if he gets into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Could care less. I, I just think it's all kind of, like, situational. Yeah, and, like, we shit on Patrick, well, I shit on Patrick Elias a while back, and I've had some time to think about it. He probably should have his jersey retired. If you look at those Devils teams throughout the years, right, you think of Marty Berdeer, you think of Scott Stevens, you think of Ken Danico, you think defense first, correct? Like, what four, what four words stick out to you? You can't really say any. Like, what, Scott Gomez, Bobby Holik? Like, they're not going to get their jerseys retired. Patrick Elias stayed with that franchise his entire career, and, I mean, out of all the forwards... During those times, he's probably the one that sticks out the most. Yeah, he was definitely their best forward every year he was there. The one thing I will say, though, is people forget Patrick Elias, Scott Arnott, and uh, Peter Sikora. Jason like Arnott. Yeah, Jason Arnott. Peter Sikora was sick, too. Good call, man. That was a that really line, good that call. That line was so nasty. Like It was a defense-first defense, defense first team that just mucked you up in the corners, dude, but that line could score goals. And like Jason Arnott being your first-line center is so sick. Yeah. Especially him in his prime. That guy was fucking awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, good for Patrick Ellis. I don't think anyone's going to debate that one. Yeah. Uh, next one. Will anyone pick up Chris Stewart on waivers? Any guesses who would? Uh, I mean, he's a big body. He works hard. Uh, I think he's a playoff player. I think he's a guy on your team, like, in a seven-game series. Maybe if he doesn't even play every game, I think he'd be a guy that you'd want at least to fill in if, like, shit starts getting rough. I yeah. I tend to think that teams that already have that, want more of that, and teams that don't have that are too dumb to, like, really see that. So, Chris Stewart, if I had to pick a team where he would go to, I would say the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, dude, I think uh, you look at it and you're like, eh, can Chris Stewart really help a playoff team? Then you remember the Bruins just signed uh, Brian Gianta to a contract, so, like, anything's really possible there. Like, I think any teams are willing to take a waiver on a guy who's had a little bit of success in the past, like... If Gianna's getting signed, then Stewart deserves to get signed, too. The thing I, I was thinking about, though, 100% makes sense uh, for, like, a playoff team to be like, oh, we can have this guy, like, our 14th forward, things get rough, we put him in for a game. At the same time, dude, like, team like the Rangers, like, what do you have to lose once again? Like, now you have those young guys, and now you have a fourth line with, like, Valeski and Stewart. And, like, you're and just Cody McLeod, dude. Yeah, dude. That could be your fourth line, dude. Like, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Like, when you're in that rebuild mode, like – I shit on it sometimes, and I hate the guy so much, but it makes me laugh that Zach Ronaldo's playing for the Coyotes. Like, I bet you that locker room low-key loves having Zach Ronaldo oh, yeah. doing stupid shit out there. So, like, why not, dude? Like, I, I think Chris Stewart deserves to be at least, like, mentioned by a team. At least get a shot. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, Next question. If you could fight one NHL insider, who would it be? I don't know if he's an insider, but I don't like Ray Ferraro. I think he's a pompous little asshole. And it's like his way or the highway. He, I don't think he really ever takes anybody else's considerations into it. Uh, I've never, I just, I don't know, not never been a big Ray Ferraro guy. Uh, who, who would your insider be? Also, I don't know if he's a, an insider, but that's that's what I would say. I don't really know if he's an insider, but I think he's kind of like in that Aaron Ward territory where, like, really they're just supposed to be like in the, like on the set, but, like, sometimes they think, like, they can cross out that lines. Yeah. yeah, dude, I don't know who I have. I don't know my thoughts on Ray Ferraro. Probably always been pretty, like, Or Craig Button. I don't like that guy either. A lot of people like Ferraro, though. I'm pretty, like, 
indifferent about him. His wife was a great hockey player. So, uh, fucking moving forward, dude, I'm sorry. I don't know. I, I guess I would do Brian Lawton. I had beef with him over the summer when he was saying that the Bruins were going to trade Pasternak. Like, nothing's actually ever made me that upset that's come out of an insider's mouth, and, like, people don't forget that. So, like, whenever I see him, like, tweeting about, like, breaking news, like, I always think to myself, like, oh, Jesus. But the thing I'll say about him, dude, before this, I went through his Twitter feed. He's not breaking any news. All he's doing is quoting the insiders and then, like, adding, like, an extra thing, thinking he's fucking awesome. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into that later when we do our three stars. I have a whole spiel about that. That's like that's the worst. You're not an insider because you quote tweet Bob McKenzie and then throw in like a nugget that like you didn't even know. You probably just got that rumor from some random guy who had no idea. And now you're like, well, this kind of makes sense. Let me toss him on top of that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't know. Uh, bigger surprise this season. It's got to be Vegas, right? Yeah, I mean Vegas would be up there. I mean, dude, an expansion team's gonna make the fucking playoffs and potentially could take down a team. I think that's a pretty big shock. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, I mean, they're breaking records, dude. It's Las Vegas. Like, it's a pretty sick story. It doesn't make sense to me still, and I still feel like they're going to fail any moment now. But, I mean, it, it's probably the best story. I think the Rangers kind of fall, while, like, if you really looked close at it, it was pretty clear that, like, something was wrong and something needed to be fixed. I think that's up there for a top story for a team, like, biggest surprise. Uh, I'm trying to think, are there any, like, players who have really surprised you this year? Um, Claude Giroux came back in a big way. Blake, yeah. Blake Wheeler looks fucking sick. Like, I always thought he was, like, a depth guy in the USA Olympic team. Now I think he would be one of the big guys that you would want with the puck. Um, I mean, I think Kucherov is, like, oh, yeah. from, like, elite player to, like, superstar. Like, yep. no question. Like, who do you think people value more now, Stamkos or Kucherov? Uh, fuck, man, that's a hard question. I, I'm a I center think- guy. I like centers. I, I would pick Stamkos, but it'd be hard to pick against Kucherov. So, I mean, that's a pretty big story, too. But Rangers-Ottawa, it's kind of funny. They were, they were, like, fighting it out to go to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and now they're both just kind of shitting the bed or mm-hmm. rebuilding, in a sense. So, I didn't mean it like that. Yeah. No, they are they are shitting the bed. So, those would be our surprises. And then, last one, did you see the Dustin Brown goal and goalie interference bullshit? Puck was loose, not under his pad. NHL can't wipe their own ass. If they can't figure this out by playoffs, they're going to ruin the season. This has been an ongoing thing, this goalie interference stuff, man. Uh Charlie McAvoy just came out with a fucking thing saying he he had no idea what the what the interference rule is. Something that they're going to need to address before they do anything. Uh, I cannot wait to watch the playoffs and there's going to be a goalie interference call and it's going to ruin everything and it's going to be hilarious. Yeah, yeah, dude. And I told you this before, but I just wanted to read this exchange out. Like the internet is crazy right now about goalie interference. I I, I tweeted out. Like, who wants to argue about a goalie interference call that decides a big game? And this this Leafs fan comes at me with no one because this counts. So essentially, I haven't stated my opinion on it, and he's already arguing with me. So I asked him, I said, are you ready? And he, he told me two initial cross-checks from Boston player and Hyman stick on the other side of Boston player. Let's go. So he's reaffirming that the call, he was correct on the call. Uh, I don't know, man. And then I was just like, see, you were ready. My, my point being, dude, is like everyone just wants to argue about it. If it's a good goal, then every fan base has a reason for why it was a good goal. And you're being an idiot if you think their player didn't touch them, blah, blah, blah. It was your own defense's fault. But if it's a no goal, you're like, oh, my God, these guys are idiots. Like, I don't know what's going on. And part of me thinks it's the fans' fault, but realistically, it's probably the league's fault because they shouldn't be creating that confusion. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I And honestly, man, the way I look at it, I feel like it shouldn't be that hard to figure that stuff out. 
Like, I think if it's any, if there's any, like, oh, well, I don't know, just don't say it's a fucking goal then. Or say it is a goal and just stay that way from now on. Don't go, don't flip-flop back and forth. I just don't, yeah, and I don't think teams should be able to challenge it. I think, like, the refs should have to take a look at it. At the end of the day, dude, refs suck and they make mistakes. Yeah. But in the moment, you got to trust the refs call on a goalie interference. Like, I, I think that should probably be the way it should go. Like, if the refs call it and then another, like, a linesman comes up to him, it's like, we should take another look at that, then do it. But if the, I don't think teams should be, like, challenging it. Yeah. I think that's bullshit because that's what really creates a lot of controversy. I agree with that. All right, so those were our Twitter questions. Thanks for calling in. Now we're going to go into our Hero and Zero segment. Dom Moore, send it. Hey, fans, this is Dominic Moore. I'm just going to take you guys through a little bit of the behind-the-scenes stuff here. Thanks, Dom. All right, so my Hero of the Week, James Wisniewski, USA team. I thought it was really, really funny how he was brought on that team strictly to be a power play specialist. So my Hero of the Week goes to James Wisniewski. His parents got that neurovirus thing, and and he ended up scoring a power play goal and pointed to the sky. Uh, Big Wisniewski, guys. So my my Hero of the Week is James Wisniewski. Jesus Christ. Yeah, dude, I mean, like, James Wisniewski... Was he even – I think I told you I thought he was a power play specialist in the NHL, but, like, was anyone ever like, oh, man, like, tonight we're going up against Columbus and, like, Wisniewski's running the point? I, like, was that ever a conversation that was, like, seriously happening? I don't I don't think so, man. But at the same time, I'd rather have Wisniewski ripping pucks than Bobby fucking Sanguinetti. Yeah, who's, fair who's, enough. Who's your hero of the week? Yeah, my hero, my hero of the week is, uh, I was going to do David Wolf crying just because, like, we always shit on guys crying. You know, I'll stick with it. We already talked about this, but I just want to reiterate the fact. So David Wolf, Team Germany, former uh, Flyers prospect. I think he was undrafted. He, like, came over from the German League when he was, like, 24 to play in the AHL, and he was, like, the best power forward, like we talked about earlier. Gets emotional. He's crying. Uh, just kind of pumped up to be in a gold medal game. Kind of a cool moment. I don't know. We I usually am pretty cynical, and I hate those moments. Thought it was actually one you can kind of get behind. Like, I, I understand these like Olympics don't mean anything to like NHL fans or anyone from like North America. Honestly, like I think it's okay to say that, but I, I don't know, man. Like to get there, that team like that's pretty impressive. Crying and shit. Okay there. Yeah, I uh, and it's funny because it, I'll get it into my zero, but it it really shows you. So Germany lost the gold medal and won a silver. And they were still so fucking happy that they won that silver medal because they had they didn't think they had really any business like with any of those teams. And I thought that was pretty cool. Where you look at the women's side, and Canada, I mean, they lost. And what's her name? Jocelyn Lair. I can't fucking say her name. One one of the one of the girls on the Canadian team was handed a silver medal. She took it off immediately. It's weird. So like, if you, it's cool that the Germans were like so happy that they won, and that's sick. But I also love the move by this Canadian girl who was like, fuck this, I don't like losing, took the thing off. Which brings me to my zero of the week, is to all those stupid Canadian fucks that chirped Leas Anderson when he took off his fucking silver medal and threw it in the stands in World Junior, and they, oh, you're a poor sport, that are, now, that are now, oh, we love this girl, it's a silver medal. Fuck you guys, dude, I said this months ago, and now, oh, because it's a Canadian, it's alright? Fuck you. That, that my... That's my zero of the week. All those fucking people that were like, oh, fuck Lois Anderson, and now that, that happens to somebody from their country, and they're okay with it. Yeah, uh, here's my thought on this, though, dude. I kind of think Jocelyn LaRock is kind of a zero of the week because, if anything, this just brings Lias Anderson's stock ten times more up. Like, Lias Anderson, trendsetter, 
Uh, yeah. He's got this new fad going on whenever you get a medal. Like, now you think about it. Do I really want this medal? You weren't seeing that before. Elias Anderson Ooh. really broke on at the scene start. So, I mean, that's big news for him. So, but, do you think this girl takes off the I silver know. medal if Elias Anderson hadn't done that? No. No. And, that, and that's the issue, dude. Wow. She just saw it. And she saw it look cool. And she was like, I'm doing this, too. And she did it half-heartedly. Elias Anderson threw his in the crowd. She just, like, took it off and held it, like. Like, are you actually really, like, I understand you're frustrated, but, like, you just saw, you probably watched the Vine of Elias Anderson doing it, like, 20 times three weeks ago, and now you're doing it, too? Yeah. Come up with your own thing. Yeah. She should have been, like, no thanks, I'm full. Like, don't oh, you can you imagine if she's like, don't fucking touch me? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You gotta switch it up, because now, all of a sudden, you're just, you're just the second one who did it, like... People don't forget. So uh, I, I like that Lee Sanderson kid, dude. I'm telling you. So, but anyway, that was my zero. Who who is your zero? I actually want to talk about one more thing. Uh, okay. Going back to that Olympics, this is like a debate that happens with people who I feel like don't like hockey that much. What do you think about shootouts ending Olympic games? Um, I would much rather have it just be overtime until somebody scores, kind of like the Stanley Cup playoffs. But at the same time, like, shootouts, I feel like, are a big part of the Olympics, and they kind of always have been. So it's like, you can't get that mad about it. It's not like this is a new thing. This has been going on forever. So Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm 100% there with you. Like, this isn't something the Olympics, like, put in to try to make their game more exciting. Like, this is the way European hockey and, like, international play has always been. So, like, if it was in the NHL, I would hate it. In the Olympics, I'm indifferent on it, so... Yeah, but kind of, I, th- I think that's the right answer too. I think when people debate it, like you just have to take a step back and be like, "It is what it is." Yeah. Uh, my zero of the week is me, though. We talked about them earlier. The Vegas Golden Knights, like, like a month ago on a podcast, I said they should just blow it up. <laughs> I thought they should trade everybody. Um, How'd that probably, go? Probably my hottest take I've ever had, like on a podcast or anything, even in casual conversation. So, I, I mean, shout out to me. I, I still think they're in a weird spot. I'm happy they're not selling anybody to try to get better. I think they just need to ride it out and hope for the best. Yeah, uh, you were a little bit wrong on that one. If we're gonna look, <laughs> look back, what, what if they lose like the next like 20 games? Though, like get swept miss the playoffs? Oh my god, we can only fucking hope. How awesome would that be? I, I, I mean, that's the way this season needs to end. Like, it's pretty cool that they're doing what they're doing, but like, let's get them swept in the first round. Yeah, wouldn't want to doubt it. Um. So that yeah, those those were our heroes and zeros this week, and uh, last segment coming up are three stars. So let's do it. All right, Jim and Mike, thanks very kindly. A nice weekend for you as always. Our three star selectors are stars of the hockey scene wherever we go on Rogers hometown hockey. Three stars of the week trade deadline. So we're just going to talk about our three favorite things about the deadline. Uh, my my uh, third star of the week is watching people argue about prospects and picks and like having them think that they know what the fuck's going on. Um, prospects there's not a single person that knows how good a prospect is other than the people that scout the players like you can't go on eliteprospects.com and look at their points and be like oh this guy's good or this guy's bad you can't do it but the fact that people like think that they know like tim lindgren isn't gonna do shit or tim lindgren's gonna be like the best defense whenever you don't fucking know dude it's just like there's people believe it or not that know more shit than you do and i would rather take it from them and picks i i Seeing people fucking bitch about, like, oh, we should have got a second rounder instead of a third rounder. Do you really think your GM was like, oh, okay, we'll just do a third rounder. I'm not going to ask for a second rounder. Like, we're not, you have to realize, yes, you have, you have the right to your opinion, all that bullshit, but there are people that are, like, actually involved, and you probably should listen to them before you start thinking for yourself. 
Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with that. Like, I'm going to just kind of go off this. I'm going to keep my three-star, like, extremely themed to yours. Like, same exact thing, really, dude. Like, you can't be super pumped about your prospect, and then when you trade him away, you start talking about all his flaws. Mm-hmm. Like, like I was super, like I said earlier, like, these prospects, you look at them, there's so many great things about them. You're so excited for the future. You trade them away, and all of a sudden, you forget about all those things, and it's like, oh, but this guy has limited offset, offensive potential yeah. like we knew that the whole time mm-hmm. like we knew what he was the whole time doesn't mean i'm ups- like mad that we lost Lindgren, but it kind of hurts like if, if you don't think he's going to be a good player just because like now he's on a different team you're an idiot so and he might not i don't know like, you're right dude like no one knows so i'm right there with you three star just like everyone who thinks they write for hockeyfutures.com yes uh my second star is openly making fun of fake rumor accounts <coughs> there's a there's a bunch of them. rumor break uh nhl rumors daily these people just go out and they see what Bob McKenzie or any of the other guys say, and instead of like quoting them or retweeting them, they say exactly the same thing that they say. They switch the words and they always use the word imminently, or like, but still might not happen. It's it drives me fucking insane, dude. Like, the Rick Nash thing, the NHL rumors daily. Rick Nash is gonna go to the Predators, but imminently. But their Winnipeg Jets and San Jose Sharks are also still in talks. You don't fucking know that, dude. Like, how do you have that many followers? I, I should start my own fucking uh, insider account and just start doing exactly what they do and maybe, like, jazz it up a little bit. So that would be my second star is those fucking idiots. My, my favorite part about that, though, <laughs> did you see Boob and McKenzie? Yeah. And so he added, and he added one zero. So it was Boom McKenzie, and he was acting like he was an insider. I want that guy on the podcast. Like that's hilarious. There were actual people quote tweeting Boom McKenzie yeah. and like insider information. Yeah. Like, can you not read? All you have to do is literally look at the name. It's so easy to tell if it's a real. Yeah, and like you can't like. Net, hey, little food for thought. How about looking for a blue fucking check mark, you idiots? <laughs> it's not. It's not rocket science. That's for sure. Uh, who's your second star? Uh, I would say, uh, kind of going off what I did last time. So, <laughs> when your guy gets traded, this is the complete opposite spectrum. So, like, on Bruins boards right now, you go through, like, Rick Nash trade things. It's the fans, when their player gets traded to another team, like, when they're rebuilding, and they go on the other team's board and write this, like, love story about how much they're going to miss the player and, like, how great he is and, like, I'm going to be rooting for this team now. And it's like, dude, it's Rick Nash. Like, why are you so sentimental about Rick Nash right now? Like, you just, like, made a good trade, and you're out here acting like you love the guy. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, 100%, dude. Like, like I, I understand. Like, it's cool to show your respect. Like, and I got, like, when Jerome McGinnell was, like, on the Penguins, everyone, like, Calgary fans wanted the Penguins to win. Like, I get that, but, like, at the same time, like, you don't need to, like, write these love letters, like, pump me up about the player I just got. Like, I get it. Like, he's a good player, but he's also, like, not. Oh, yeah, dude, I can't fucking, I can't wait to see the Players' Tribune of Rick Nash thanking New York. Yeah, does he get a tribute video? Oh, uh, yeah, probably. Just a bunch of him blocking shots and chipping the puck out. <laughs> what's your uh, What's your first star? My first star is just Bob McKenzie, man. I love following this guy. He is the number one person to follow. He's in the mix of everything. <clears throat> and he came out and he tweeted... I thought about setting up my own fake account and tweeting out legit news on fake account before my actual account just to mess with people. So, like, Bob McKenzie thinks it's funny that people are doing it, too. And that would have been hilarious if he, like, made, like, an alter ego, like, Robert McKenzie, and just, like, fucked with people. But actual stuff, that would have been pretty funny. Um, 
I don't know. Bob McKenzie's the, he's the goat of fucking insiders. He knows what's going on at all times. He's the best. So my uh, first star of the week goes to Bob McKenzie. This is his bread and butter. This is his time to shine. Yeah, for sure. I think like I think I've like told people how much I love Bob McKenzie on this podcast like thirty times before, but. I think they should do, like, a uh, documentary, like, follow them around, like, the week of trade, trade deadline. That'd be sick. That'd be, that'd be sick. Dude, like, that I, would be I, fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, get, like, an inside look. Like, obviously, they'd have to, like, blur screens and stuff. They can, like, give up his sources. But, like, just to see how he goes about it would be super interesting. I I mean, the dude's, like, so respectful, and he almost never fucks up. It's pretty, like, ridiculous. Yeah. Love him, uh, dude. First star for you. Uh, my first star is... When there's, like, a hot trade going on and, like, you want to follow it so bad. And then you're refreshing your phone for four hours just waiting for, like, new insider information and nothing comes up. And then you go to bed and you wake up the next day and the trade's already happened. Yeah. <laughs> that literally just happened to me, dude. I was on my phone all day yesterday refreshing for Rick Nash. And I woke up to a FaceTime by you this morning. Hey, Cad, they traded Rick Nash. Sick, dude. <laughs> Stayed up till 4 o'clock in the morning looking for it. It's the worst. I, I don't know, like, why it is, but, like, I spend a good amount of time on my phone, like, on Trade Deadline, Free Agent Frenzy, like, looking for stuff, but that 30 minutes, I put my phone down, like, the world always explodes. Always. So, There's probably huge I, deals going on right now. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, like, almost like they, like, wait it out so no one cares anymore, and then, boom, they throw it right in your face. Yeah. It sucks. That's, yeah. My, that's my first star, just pure disappointment. <sighs> that was a good podcast. Um... Next week, I think we're going to have a special guest to maybe go over a couple, few more trades if trades happen after this and go over NHL in the news. Uh, hopefully, we'll have him on. It's going to be interesting, dude. I think the Bruins are in a pretty good spot adding Rick Nash. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see the Rangers, seeing what the fuck they're going to do. So, uh, it's going to be interesting next couple of weeks. Do you have anything else, Al? Have a good week. Have a good week, guys. Enjoy the deadline.